0: I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 141. Want to rock your mortgage business? Then crank up the volume with your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey Broker Nation, it's Scott Packford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show I have Adam Lawrenson of AdLaw Appraisals. Adam is the president of AdLaw and the is based out of Delta, BC. They service the entire Lower Mainland. Adam is an entrepreneur who happens to be in the appraisal business. He's very forward thinking in his marketing and business building strategies and has quickly made a name for himself in the Lower Mainland as a top-notch appraisal company. In this episode, Adam and I talk about how he got into the appraisal business and some of the lessons he has learned building a successful appraisal company in such a short period of time. I think you're gonna enjoy this episode This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Now, normally when we have sponsors for the show, it's because I personally use their product and service and I can give them my 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I don't personally do B-deals. So I decided to do some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West Acceptance and found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing some lenders are running low on cash, not these guys. So if you're a broker looking for it to do your next B deal in BC or Alberta, check out Pioneer West acceptance and tell them you heard about them on I Love Mortgage Brokering. This episode is sponsored by Lenful. Lenful is an unsecured lending platform that does unsecured loans up to $35,000. They're an online lending platform. They're super easy to work with. You simply send them an email and they take care of the rest. Your client fills out an application and if an approval is issued, they can get their money within 24 hours directly deposited into their account. Oh, and they pay you 1% referral fee. Check them out at lenful.ca. Hey, Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott, how are you? So tell me, how did you get into the appraisal business? Because I'm sure when you're a little boy, you're probably like, when I grow up, I want to be an appraiser. Like that's probably not something that crossed your mind. So how did you end up in this biz? So I grew up around the appraisal business. My father, after
1: managing a real estate company for about 30 years, uh, started an appraisal company in order to spend more time. Uh, around the house and to raise us kids, so I grew up around it. And his business blew up from him and a typewriter in, in 1992 to about 15 appraisers, and that was all taking place actually in our basement. It was a home-based business. So I saw the first appraiser he hired. I saw the second. I saw it grow and expand until he sold it 2008. And something about it was just enthralling. Like I would constantly ask the appraisers questions. You know, how many appraisals have you done today? What's it like? In grade 12, when we all did our job placements, I actually, one of my weeks was spent at my dad's firm. So I would go around with each of the appraisers, see how they do their business. Yeah, just really felt a kinship towards what they were doing and thought it would be a good fit for me down the road. Real estate was also just in my blood for some reason. I think it must be genetic. Even when I was a kid, I would look at five houses on a street and one of them would stick out a little bit. And I always wondered, why is that house different? Why is not everyone building the exact same house? I couldn't understand design and style. And um, if it was a commercial property, I, I wondered why is there a commercial property like a corner store? Why is that there? And then there's
0: a house next to it. It just it was always fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So you were like a little kid who actually wanted to be an appraiser. So I've, I've asked this question to so many people that like actually no, I was that little kid who wanted to be an appraiser because you saw you grew up around it, and so and you had this fascination. It reminds me of like in Sesame Street where you know one of these kids is not like the others. You'd see real estate and you'd be like, hey, how come that house is not like the others? And so. Then okay, how did you end up though? It's one thing to be around it, and then another to actually get into it. And it sounds like your dad sold his business, so you didn't inherit his business. You had to like, did you start from scratch, or what happened?
1: Yeah, correct. So my path to becoming an appraiser was a little bit different. Uh, I, I don't think anybody has a clear path to become an appraiser. Like you said, it's not something that you really fascinated with. You know, your doctor, lawyer, rock star, race car driver. So I did not want to really follow in my father's footsteps. And to be honest, he didn't want me to follow in his footsteps. He had bigger hopes for his son than to become an appraiser, which in hindsight, you know, I appreciated. So what I did was I went to school, I graduated with a bachelor's of business administration with entrepreneurial leadership, and I went traveling as did my, my brother and sister. So I followed in their footsteps in that regard. And then I went into banking. I worked for a credit union in town and understood kind of the mortgage side of things, as well as worked for... Coca-Cola. I was an account manager with Coca-Cola and that's kind of my history prior to becoming an appraiser. And while I was at Coca-Cola, I just thought, you know, I can't sell sugar water to kids much longer. It was just, it was very high stress, 24 seven. I was selling product into a gas station and I pulled up in my Coca-Cola vehicle. And as I was walking in, I saw a, he had to be a 10 year old kid chugging a giant jolt energy drink, which is about thousand milliliters of sugar, caffeine, and basically poison. And it was soon after that, I thought, you know what, I can't be in this rat race for much longer. I want to find a ticket, do something that is a little bit more rewarding. I looked into being a mortgage broker. I looked into being a realtor and I looked into being an
0: appraiser. And so, okay, what made you decide the appraisal route versus the other type of real estate?
1: Yeah, good question. So I did some research and the the broker channel was full on. So everyone said, you can't do this part time, you have to jump into it a 100%. And I wasn't really willing to sacrifice. I had a mortgage, actually, at that time, I wasn't really willing to sacrifice not making any money for upwards of, of a year to two years. So and the same thing with being a realtor, I think it's, it takes a while to get your network running and to make those big bucks. And I just, I was too impatient. I wasn't willing to do that when you're an appraisal can kind of work piecemeal so at the government you get your salary and if you're doing fee appraisal you get your you know 100 bucks a pop so it was much more easy to manage your finances so that's kind of why i went into appraisal and plus you know i had it in my family i could always ask my dad for assistance and talk to him about the business around the dinner table so that's kind of how i got into appraisal my transition from coca-cola to appraisal was was a funny one i had won the president's club account manager of the year and for 2006 and they sent me on a trip to mexico with all-inclusive, all, all inclusive, with president, the vice president, and at the same time, I had just been offered a job from BC Assessment. So I was in a bit of a dilemma. Should I go on this trip to Mexico? Should I get a job with BC Assessment? Should I do both? Should I put postpone my job with the BC Assessment and go on this trip and quit when I get back? But Integrity got the best of me, and I, I let them know that I couldn't go on the trip. The second-place account manager got the trip, and I got on with the Assessment Authority in 2007. So it's been about 10 years since I started appraising.
0: And then, when did you start your own firm? Because you seem to me like I've, from meeting you and having conversations with you, you are an entrepreneur who happens to own an appraisal company. And I've often thought about myself as an entrepreneur who happens to own a mortgage company. So, when did you get your own firm going? What was, when, when did that happen?
1: Being uh, an entrepreneur and entrepreneur oriented was a kind of a mixed blessing because in my previous positions at other companies, I really had that ambition and that drive to develop business, put in new processes to help things operate in a smoother fashion. But when you're not the boss, when you're not uh, running things, those ideas are not really uh, welcomed. However, when I started my own company in 2013, every idea I had, everything could be executed quickly and you know provide the, that value to the end user within a matter of days where previously I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So examples of some things that we do that small companies can get and execute quickly are, um, you know, sales and promotions. So we're constantly trying to, uh, you know, give away free product, get our name out there, networking. So I'm trying to speak at various office uh, monthly meetings, talk about our company, talk about issues with appraisals in the valuation industry specifically. And, yeah just try to do those things that i learned in the entrepreneurial program and pass that on to the uh, to the clients
0: so what give me an idea cuz you seem from my conversations with you what give me an idea of something that you guys have tried like initiative
1: we were using a basic email platform that was based out of a certain way i think it was bluehost web design and hopefully they're not listening cuz it's a it's a dump on them but we were losing emails so we we would get an email that would come in i would see it and then it would disappear. I'd call up uh, Bluehost and say, hey, this is the issue. It's happening once. I don't know if it's happening other times. And he said, sorry, there's nothing we can do about that. So we were literally losing business and, and word spreads like wildfire. So we actually – was a really challenging thing, moving everything over to a Google-based platform, which um, – You can have everything like your calendars, your emails, your website, your FaceTiming amongst your team, all that sort of stuff, working on one file, various users working on one file at a time. That was huge, actually. It was very stressful. We had just grown. This was last year. Our business had doubled in a period of about three months, and we were implementing this new system. And it was a very stressful time for us, but it is well worth it. And uh, I think it's allowing us to perform our jobs much faster than some of the other companies out there.
0: Right. And so you haven't, you've built a reputation pretty fast in the lower mainland. So then, BC in the lower mainland for as an appraisal company. So, how did you do that? Because you obviously. Often I would say, okay, if you bought, you know bought your dad's business, then it, that would be like kind of a you've got a couple laps around the track. But you didn't have that, so what did you do in order to get exposure so fast? And I guess this kind of relates to even a mortgage broker. If you're starting out in your business and you're like, hey, how do I get from zero to like a hundred as quick as possible? Sure, yeah,
1: you know what? Working primarily with mortgage brokers, I see a lot of parallels between how I've grown my business and especially the the, the uh, industry that I'm involved in. It's very similar to what the mortgage brokers do, and that's I think why we work so well together. So what we did is when I started my company, I had zero clients. The first client that came to me was a mortgage broker. And I thought, you know what, this is what I've always liked to do. I don't like doing high volume, low fee work for the banks. I really liked, you know, getting a phone call from John, the mortgage broker, talking about the file beforehand, provide him information, close the file faster and with more accurate information. So I focused 100% on that mortgage broker. He told his coworker, so now I have two clients, and because i was so laser focused on this one niche market i.e. mortgage brokers it just spread like wildfire and then the question was hey you can do appraisals for x bank we need to use you on this other bank for example scotia so we got the you know five brokers i had all got together wrote letters to scotia bank and then we finally got approved with scotia and and kind of it snowballed from there so i think that's our advantage is that we're not doing work for You know, these high volume, low fee AMC companies like Bank of Montreal, RBC. We work strictly for mortgage brokers and we everything we do
0: revolves around making their life easier. Right, right. And so like how big is your firm right now? How many people do you have?
1: So we have four appraisers, plus myself. I do some of the overflow as well as the higher end or more unique properties. And we have two office staff. So there's a team of seven working nonstop. Everyone is uh, on board to really get things done. So if we have to work a, you know an 18-hour day, so be it. If we have to work a six-hour day, that's fine as well. And everyone is really doing an amazing job with rolling
0: with the, the ups and downs of this business. Right. And the current market's a little bonkers too. It, it always is. Yeah. Right. So, hey, is there any tool or app that you use? You said you have the Google email like platform. Is there anything else you use to make your job easier?
1: You know what there's no app that I use I mean all I can think of is tools that we use so I mean the iPhone is huge and on that iPhone you have your camera your calendar your email your phone everything is pretty much logged in there so and that's all under the Google app platform so everything is synced works real smooth no other apps that I can think of it's just more the people that we have that are have the same mindset that can get things done so I don't have an app but I do have a office manager that is amazing, office assistant that's top-notch, as well as four appraisers that, you know, are really working harder than they should and can't be more appreciative of what they've done
0: to help this company grow. People are the killer app, right? Like if you have good people, it makes a big difference. I noticed that in our business too.
1: Oh, 100%, 100%. We know that brokers can choose any appraisal company to do the job, but, you know, we have to have the right people in the right spots to uh, do the job a little bit better, a little bit faster. In our competitors. I actually, it's funny that you asked about an app. I did create an app for ordering appraisals, but no one seems to uh, like using it. And now that we have, our website was just launched right before the CMBA. It has an online order form, which you can use, and that will, uh, it's a responsive website. So it works very well on your smartphone or your uh, iPad.
0: Right. People seem to be, what I've thought about with apps is they're reluctant to download them. They take up your space and like, you know, so it's like you really need to think, I always think about any app I download is, do I really need this or can I just go to the website? Because I, you know, my phone always seems to be like, oh, can't take a photo, can't take a video. You're out of space. It's like, frick, drives me nuts. It's like very limited shelf space unless you have like, you know, the 30 or 64 gig or something.
1: That's it. Exactly. Yeah. You and most brokers, I think, are on the same page there.
0: So what is something you know now that you wish you knew 10 years ago?
1: Well currently I am now at a space in my life where I know everything is going to be okay and 10 years ago at 24 I didn't know that. I was completely stressed and probably made some bad decisions under that you know stressed state. At 24, you know, I didn't know where I was going to be if the world was going to end. I just didn't know what the future held and it was uncertain and it was frustrating and I may have made some bad decisions as a result. If I knew at 24 that hey, you know what? Just keep putting one foot ahead of the other, everything's going to be just fine. I probably would have taken the same path I did, but maybe have done it with a lot less stress Mm -hmm. and a lot less anxiety.
0: Well, and if you could go back 10 years, I'm sure you'd say, hey, dude, buy real estate and hold on. (laughs) It's going to be freaking awesome. Like, you're in Vancouver. You'd be like, "Woo!" like... You know, hold on for dear life with your knuckles white if you have to. Totally,
1: Uh, that's it's funny that you brought that up. Is that I I appraised two properties one day. One was in uh, East Vancouver on Ontario Street, just by Queen Elizabeth Park, and one was in Ladner. Both were purchased originally, I think, in two thousand and nine or two thousand and eight for like four hundred thousand. And the one in East Vancouver was appraised at one point seven, and the one in Ladner hadn't gone up much more, maybe a couple hundred grand. So it is amazing what uh, what 10 years can do to real estate in the Lower Mainland.
0: Right. And location, obviously. Like, the location makes a difference, right, in that increase. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, Ladner just went
1: up 20% and East Vancouver had gone up, you know, 200%. So it's, uh, yeah, if we all had a crystal ball, it would be pretty phenomenal, but uh, we don't. So, yeah, but I would just take it easy. I mean, at 24, I would just kind of not try to push the envelope so hard in every corner and just, you know, one foot in front of the other, everything's going to be all right. Listen to some Bob Marley.
0: Okay, what's something I can't find out about you from Google?
1: I think you could probably find out everything about me on Google. It's kind of scary, but I just noted a few things here that are unique to myself. Uh, I ride a Triumph motorcycle that I'll be taking out of storage in the next couple of days. I love animals, so I've always had either a dog or cat in my life. Right now I have a, a little black and orange cat named Murphy. I love her to death. I've done three Olympic triathlons, so those are – probably like one quarter of a triathlon or about three hours or so. Uh, I've done three of those. I should be doing more, but um, we'll, we'll see how the year goes. And I am one of six kids in a combined family. So we're like the Brady Bunch. And where are you in that order? It's funny. Everyone already a- always asks that. You know, are you – what kind of uh, psychological damage? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was the youngest of three and then I was the middle of six. So it was uh, – you know, in hindsight, it was a phenomenal uh, experience – and still is today. While I was going through it, it was extremely tough. But you know, now I know how to share. And um, I have five siblings that I love dearly, and I wouldn't want anything else, as far as the family's concerned. And I put one other thing here, when I was out of high school, I was in a band that wrote some rock songs, and I performed an entire concert, six songs, and I made up every single word at that show. So if you listen to it, it's all just me mumbling. And it's, uh, it's quite funny. So you won't find that on Google, that's for sure.
0: No, that'd be awesome. We'll put with this show you can watch. And actually, if anybody, if you haven't met Adam, he looks like a freaking model. Like I, I I always joke, you always look so sharp and you're like, you know, Calvin Klein. So that's something any of the lady listeners, I'm just saying you may want to go check him out.
1: You know what? You joke about that, Scott, but I actually did one modeling shoot in my life. And it was for people that basically had, uh, had real bodies so it wasn't for the typical model it was it was actually underwear for pe- for real people with real bodies i don't think that says anything positive about
0: but i have a real body but nobody wants to see that so i want to ask you an appraisal question so as an appraiser and as somebody who owns an appraisal company which which are the services, like NAS, NAS, Solidify, Brook, which one is, do you guys find the easiest to work with on your end?
1: Okay, so for all of the managers at NAS, Solidify, and Brookfield listening, I love you all.
0: That's like saying to your kids, I love all you the same. They're equally
1: fantastic in, in all facets. No, they're all a little bit different, but they all serve the same purpose. They're there to... You know, mitigate appraisal fraud, uh, ensure accuracy and consistency with appraisals. And sometimes if you have a one-off appraisal company, you don't really know what you're getting, but they're put through the filter with these three AMCs. And so you kind of know what you're getting. So I do love them all. They are here. I believe they are here to stay and we have to just work with them as best we can. The ones that I like the best are the ones that have the best and easiest way to communicate to the broker. So the appraisal appraiser broker communication is uh, easy. And uh, seamless. I like the ones where the fee changes that need to be made because no two properties in uh, the lower mainland are alike. I want the fee changes to be uh, simple and not kind of a a one two punch to the end client. As well as, I like the AMC that doesn't ask a lot of silly questions. Um, An underwriter for First Nat or mcap or equitable you know they ask pretty discerning questions and and they're fair questions sometimes you get someone at the amc that asks a a kind of a ridiculous question you just gotta gotta answer it without saying anything else and on to the next one so you know what they're all good they're all here to stay i prefer if you can use one that you can choose the appraiser that way we can keep the relationship and ensure the file is uh is completed with no issues
0: Right. That's good. It's very political. You, if, if you know, when you're not appraisals, you should become a politician. That was like as politically correct and accurate of an answer as I like, I'm just, I, I
1: said that with, with my thumb up and a, and a little grin on my face too, like, uh, like Bill Clinton.
0: Okay. So if you weren't an appraiser, this is my last question for you. So if you weren't an appraiser, I said, Hey dude, you're not allowed to be appraiser anymore, but you can stay in real estate. Would you be a realtor or mortgage broker and why?
1: Well, I'd be a mortgage broker because that's who I deal with day in and day out. So I feel a a kinship towards uh, the mortgage broker profession and what you guys go through on a daily basis. So it's something that I would like to actually pursue. I did pursue it a couple of uh, probably about 10 years ago. Like I said, I passed that exam, but I didn't pull the trigger because it was a full-time thing. But now that I understand the business a little bit more, it might be a ticket that I pursue down the road, but we will see. Realtor, uh, that's not my bag. It's just it's too up it's too down and uh, realtors are salespeople. I think they will all admit that they are industry experts, but they are salespeople as well. And I've been in sales and we tend to subconsciously say what needs to be said in order to make the sale. And I don't want to be in a position where I have to compromise my integrity. That's why I like the appraisal business. It's pretty black and white. You don't have to kiss up to anyone to really uh, do your job well.
0: Right. That's awesome. Well, Hey man, I really appreciate your time today. Where can people find you online? So we are www.adlawappraisals
1: with an S.com. You can email me anytime, info at adlawappraisals.com. If you have a question or concern or need to know the value of a property before proceeding with a file,
0: you can always give me a show. Right. And so anybody listening can go to alamortgagebrokering.com. We have show notes, links to Adam. Man, I really appreciate your time. And I, I think you're doing some great stuff and good chat with you today. Hey, Scott, thanks a lot for this opportunity. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.